Hello again, my name is Michael. And I'm Grace. And welcome back to Disney Through the Ages. On this show, my husband and I are watching every animated Disney movie in order, starting with Snow White and continuing, you know, through the ages. Then, after watching each movie, we'll come here to give a review and talk about whether these old classics hold up to modern standards, as well as seeing how Disney movies have evolved over the years. Today, we're watching the 11th animated Disney movie, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Now, this is another one that I've heard the name, and I know next to nothing about it. So, I've seen this one once, but I didn't get to fully enjoy it when I watched it because I was babysitting, and so the kids got distracted, so then I was like, but I want to see the movie, <laughs> and, but they're like, we're going to do this instead, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, that is a problem with babysitting, is you're at the whim and mercy of the children. Yeah, I remember liking the parts that I saw. Now, the name, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, it makes me think that it's going to be like Sleepy Hollow meets Princess and the Frog. So, like I said, I'm not really sure, but I'm pretty sure that it's two stories. There's a story about Ichabod, and there's a story about Mr. Toad. Okay, that's a misleading title then, because it sounds like the two of them are going on grand adventures together. I mean, they could have done that. That would have been very entertaining, I think. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I guess neither of us know anything about this movie, so we should just hop right into it. I guess so. I gotta be honest, that was actually pretty enjoyable. It was. I really enjoyed it. I actually had kind of high expectations coming in because I knew a little bit about both of them, having seen bits and pieces. So I was excited and my expectations were met. Yeah, so uh, we started out with the story of Mr. Toad, which, not gonna lie, kind of bothers me that it's the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, but then the stories are Mr. Toad and then Ichabod. Like, they put the name out of order. It just irks me. Yeah, that bothered me too. It's like, you could have just named it differently. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Disney, you have complete control over the name of the movie that you're making. But anyway, uh, so we started out with the story of J. Thaddeus Toad, Esquire. And uh, Mr. Toad is friends with a rat and a mole, and Mr. Toad is prone to manias, as in he gets absolutely obsessed with something and just goes wild. Yeah, and don't forget about Badger. I really liked him. Oh yeah, Badger. Sorry. So first off, Mr. Rat, the animation, the way he looked, remind me so much of Basil of Baker Street. Agreed. And ironically, Basil Rathbone was the one narrating this. Was he really? I did not realize that. That's fantastic. Uh, If you didn't know, Basil Rathbone was one of the earlier actors to play Sherlock Holmes in the movies. And so uh, that's why Basil of Baker Street is called that, is because it's a joke off of Basil Rathbone's name, since the Grey Mouse Detective is a play off of Sherlock Holmes. So it's really interesting that he was the one that narrated this, and that, to me, the rat looked a lot like Basil of Baker Street. So anyway, uh, Mr. Toad is rather irresponsible. He he first has a mania for his horse and buggy, and he's just tearing up crops and flowers and stuff because he's running over it recklessly with his horse and buggy, and he's just a general menace to society. And then he sees his first car. A motor car! So yeah, Mr. Toad gets a mania for motor cars now, which seems weird to me that like the horse still totally supports his decisions. It's like, man, I would have felt betrayed if I was the horse. Well, unlike Widowmaker, he was a good friend. (laughs) Widowmaker was terrible. Listen to our last episode if you didn't understand that reference. Shame on you for not listening to it already. But he probably thought he was going to get to ride in the car. This is a sweet deal for him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, So next thing you know, 
Mr. Toad is on trial for stealing a car. And in between, there's a little bit of, uh, basically, Mr. Toad is losing his his mansion and his fortune because uh, he's been too irresponsible. And so next thing you know, he's in court for stealing a car. And he gets convicted, and he gets sent to jail, and it's just this whole big legal drama, which I'm not going to lie, would have probably been really, really incredibly boring if I was a kid. But honestly, it was kind of fun. Well, and it was overly, like, dramatized, the whole thing, so that made it more entertaining. Yeah, uh, I absolutely loved where they, they brought the horse onto the stand to be a key witness, into like a character witness of Mr. Toad, and they ask him how Mr. Toad got the car. And the horse says, the honest way. And the lawyer says, and what is the honest way? And the horse says, I thought you'd not know that. It was so good. It was such a good lawyer joke. Which, if there's any lawyers listening, I'm sorry. But it's hilarious to make jokes at your profession's expense. There, I said it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, like I said, the... All this, all this law stuff would probably have been really boring as a kid, but it was actually really enjoyable as an adult, especially seeing like how ridiculous it was. Says so the person that watches every episode of like Legal Eagle. So I'm such a nerd. All right, like Legal Eagle on YouTube is fantastic. Go check them out if you haven't. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so so poor Toad goes to jail. His he he didn't do a very good job representing himself apparently because. The guy who owned the bar that, uh, so, so basically, um, Mr. Toad claims that he went to this bar and saw the, the, um, motor car out front and he went inside to see if the people would sell it to him because money's no object. He had to have this motor car. And while he's in there, come to find out that the people that sold it to him, the weasels, they were weasels, like in the metaphorical sense and in the literal sense, literal weasels. Uh, they had so they had stolen the car and then they sold it to Mr. Toad. So that he was like kind of framed. But then he calls the bar owner as a character witness. And he said the bar owner says, Mr. Toad tried to sell me his stolen car. And that was what did it. That was how he got convicted. And he's sent to jail. And then Cyril, the horse, being the good friend he is, breaks Toad out of jail. He does. Like, so, so horse, the horse comes in. Cyril comes in dressed up like Toad's grandma to visit him, and he brings him a little disguise. And so they break out of jail, and they end. Uh, Mr. Toad ends up coming to uh, Mr. Rat's house, and Mr. Roll is there also. And he talks to him and tells him that he was framed, um, and that what actually happened was he had traded the deed for Toad Manor to the Weasels, not knowing that the car was stolen. And then right about then, Mr. Badger shows up and says, hey, I was just at Toad Manor, and all the lights were on, and people were partying inside, and I looked in, and the Weasels were in there. And so now they're taking over Toad Manor. And uh, so basically, long story short, the Mr. Toad and his friends have to break into Toad Manor to steal the deed back from the bar owner, who had been the ringleader of the Weasels this whole time, and he had lied in court. It was actually, that was a really thrilling scene, trying to watch them get the deed back. It was very exciting. Yeah, they were like swinging from chandeliers and there were knives flying and all kinds of craziness going on. It was like it was wild. it was like in the uh, Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider movie when the bad guys break into her house and she's fighting them all. That's what it reminded me of. But uh, right about then is when I really noticed that I absolutely loved the animation in this movie. Um, it was really well done. Agreed. 
I really enjoyed it. But yeah, and then he gets exonerated, and then he goes on just living his life the same way. And at the end, you see him in a plane with Cyril. See, he knew. He's like, I don't have to work anymore. This is great. Yes, let's go on and do the next mania. <laughs> yeah, they were having a toast to the new Mr. Toad, out with the manias, you know? And then he shows up in a biplane. Like, he's just, he's on to his next mania. But at least it looks like he's being more responsible about it. You can't really get into Rex in the middle of the sky very easily at that time anyway. Wait, he just, he knocked over things, remember? Oh, did he? Yes. I wasn't paying attention to that part, my bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Mr. Moral of the story here is never learn. Be yourself and just keep being yourself, even if you go to jail for it. It's a terrible moral. I know, right? <laughs> oh. So the next one, I was really proud of myself when it started because I was like, hey, that's Bing Crosby. And Grace is like, hey, you're right. It is Bing Crosby. And I was like, ha! I know him from White Christmas and Holiday Inn. But I was very proud of myself for recognizing his voice that quickly. Yeah, quick note to say, I really like the framing device that they use in this one. Because a lot of times it's really, like, awkward. Uh, but this one was really smooth how they, it was in a library and you had the one narrator saying, well, this is the best literary character ever. And then you have the next narrator saying, this is the best literary character ever. Oh, yeah, because uh, Basil Rathbone was saying... You know, oh, you you might think that Pecos Bill and all these people are the best American literary characters, but really Mr. Toad is. And then Bing Crosby comes in and it's like, hey, Mr. Toad's cool and all, but really, my boy Ichabod Crane, he knows where it's at. Yeah, overall, Ichabod Crane's a very simple story. Ichabod comes into town, he's the schoolmaster, he's kind of like, kind of a ladies' man, because he's different than the other men in town, because instead of being all, like, big and burly, he's, you know, kind and sweet and knowledgeable. Cultured is the word I'm looking for. What a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, so Ichabod falls for... What was her name? Katrina. Katrina. Ichabod falls for this lady, Katrina. And uh, so he's trying to woo her. All at the same time, this townsman named Brom is used to be in the head honcho and the boy that all the ladies fawn over. He's basically... Um, Gaston? Ga- yeah. <laughs> he's basically Gaston. So it's it's literally the story of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Like, they, there was no Disneyfication here except for the animation. Like, it straight up is the story of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, where, if you know how the story goes, you know, Ichabod Crane is a stool- schoolmaster, comes to town, and there's a dance, and he it's on Halloween night, and he's, you know, getting real close to this lady love that he's wooing, and... Uh, they tell ghost stories, and one of the stories that Brom, his romantic rival, tells is the story of the headless horseman of Sleepy Hollow, who after midnight uh, rides, and he's not content having no head no more, and so he's wanting to take your head for his own. But if you can get across this bridge into the churchyard, he has no power there, and so that's where you run for. And so, of course... Uh, Ichabod leaves the party and he's all terrified of every little thing, you know, tree branches and wind howling and things like that. So that was that was actually a pretty scary scene, I would think, um, especially if a little kid was watching this movie. Yeah, I found it a little nerve wracking. I was nervous with him. Yeah. And so uh, next thing you know, the headless horseman shows up. And so that, I was that was actually pretty terrifying. I loved the animation mm-hmm. of this. It was it was really beautiful. Um, and. 
the Headless Horseman chases Ichabod through the forest. And of course, being a Disney movie, they kind of try to make it silly to be a little less scary. So like Ichabod's falling all over his horse and things like that. And it's just a little bit absurd. But also it's very tense because the Headless Horseman is actually pretty scary. He's swinging a sword and all. Yeah, I was on the edge of my seat. Like I was... I, I'm not familiar with the legend of Sleepy Hollow, so I was kind of like on the edge of my seat. I was like, what's going to happen? I don't know. Remind me, we need to watch the Johnny Depp Sleepy Hollow sometime. <laughs> That's a fun movie. Anyway, uh, so the Headless Horseman chases him, and Ichabod barely makes it across the bridge just in time. And the Horseman has to stop before he gets to the bridge. But then the Horseman throws his head, the flaming pumpkin jack-o'-lantern head, and hits Ichabod. And... Uh, so the next morning, all that's found there at the bridge area is Ichabod's coat and a smashed pumpkin. And uh, there's rumors that Ichabod may be living somewhere far away, uh, as if he just left town. But the natives really know the truth that he was spirited away by the Headless Horseman. And Brom goes on to marry Katrina uh, very shortly after, after Ichabod was conveniently removed from the picture yeah i will say it's kind of interesting so they're obviously romantic rivals ichabod and brahm and brahm can just not catch a break ichabod's just charming and he's kind of um he's just kind of smooth and sneaky is is how i would describe him um and, and brahm's just kind of relying on his strength but once brahm finally uses his head and realizes, oh, he's very superstitious, and I can use this to my advantage. Then that's when the tide turns in his favor. So he does have to wind up using his head like Ichabod had been the whole time, and then that's when the tide turns in his favor. <laughs> he uses his head like like the headless horseman's head that he threw, because the implication here is that Brom was a prankster that was told throughout the thing. The implication is that Brom was the headless horseman. There's no real spirit of the headless horseman. It's Brom dressed up to scare Ichabod out of town. But it's really funny that he used his head because he, he threw the pumpkin and hit Ichabod in the head. I, I wondered if maybe it was him, but you know, it doesn't explicitly say, yeah. so it could be a ghost. Yeah, so that's something um, that's left up to interpretation, but in the original story, it's very heavily implied that it was Ichabod's rival in town and a prankster who uh, was responsible, whether, the, whether it was as benign as scaring him out of town or... It's also, there's a possibility that someone in town murdered him and blamed it on the Headless Horseman. Um, and then in the, in the Johnny Depp movie from like the early 2000s, it's actually like a spiritual thing going on. And so like there's different interpretations of the story of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. But I feel like this one was very much going towards, you know, it, it came right out and said that um, Brom was a prankster several times. And then it, it made a big deal of the fact that he married Katrina shortly after. I think it was very heavily implying that this was how Brom got the upper hand. Yeah. So the moral of that story is that you shouldn't, if you go to a Halloween party, you should leave before midnight. I feel like that's the moral of like all the Disney stories. You know, clock strikes midnight, you turn back into a pumpkin. Nothing good happens after midnight. Yep. <laughs> so so uh, also, one last thought about the story of Ichabod here. The song about the headless horseman. Uh, so, so in the, in the party, the way Brom tells the story of the headless horseman is Bing Crosby 
singing a song about the Headless Horseman. And it is like my new favorite Halloween song. It was the coolest song ever. I loved it. It was really good. I really like the song about Ichabod at the beginning, too. Like, it was really catchy and fun. Yeah, yeah. So it it, it reminded me of almost like, um, weirdly, almost like Gaston's song, except not as over the top, because it's really talking about how Ichabod was kind of genuinely a nice person it sounds like as opposed to you know gaston where it's like over the top he's oh so great and mighty you know uh one other thing i wanted to mention is the animation i just really love the animation of ichabod in particular like his big nose is hilarious afterwards i looked at my dog and i'm like oh my god i love you you remind me of ichabod (laughs) yeah his huge nose was great. So uh, I think the fact that we've talked so much about the stories should tell you that we enjoyed this one a lot more because we got sucked into the stories a lot more than in some of the other movies. Like these were much more coherent. They were that's exactly what they were. They were stories. They weren't just like dragged out little tiny pieces. They were full fledged stories that took the right amount of time to tell them. And I thought they were much more enjoyable than. Honestly, probably any of the... Pa- this might be my new favorite package film. I was literally about to say that. I was, like, gonna say, I think this might be my favorite out of all the package films. It's just really good. Honestly, I would put this on par with some of the other non-package films. Like, I liked this as well as I like some other Disney movies. So, uh, definitely high marks for The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Because, um, like I said, you know, we haven't even really talked much about the animation or the music necessarily. It's like... You know, it's quality overall because we weren't thinking that critically when we watched it because it was just fun. Yeah, that's very true. We both just kind of got sucked in. I was laughing. I was on the edge of my seat. Like, it was just really good. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to give it like a seven. I really enjoyed it. It's not like, to me, nine and ten are like my pinnacle movies. You know, Moana is going to be like a nine or a ten. And then like... Six and seven are like, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then like five and below are like, it was meh or it was bad. So so that's why seven feels kind of high, but that's that's my ranking system. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I would, get, I would say six. Yeah, I would definitely watch this again, especially around Halloween time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, this would be fantastic to watch around Halloween time. This is the only package film I actually want to go back and rewatch later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, around Halloween time, I really want to go back and like have a marathon of this and The Nightmare Before Christmas, and It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. What about Coraline? Oh, yeah, Coraline. That was a good one. Let's, let's throw Course Bride in there, too. Basically anything Tim Burton or, you know, Claymation, creepy like that fits in that category, too. Maybe throw in the Johnny Depp Sleepy Hollow. Like I said. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I think this was a really good send-off for the package films. Uh, I Honestly, you could tell over the past few episodes, I've been kind of losing my will to go on with these package films but this one has really got me back into this yeah i was glad we're doing this for a podcast otherwise i think you would have bowed out of this challenge with me yeah to be honest uh the podcast has been keeping me going even though we have like four listeners uh just the fact of getting together and talking about it and recording afterwards and stuff and editing it through the week like i'm having a lot of fun doing this podcast and so i'm glad to get past the dregs of the walt disney catalog on to Cinderella next week. I know. I'm super excited. I, yeah, I can't wait. I'm probably going to give it a 10 just because it's not a package film. <laughs> <laughs> recency bias will be very strong with that Woo! one. Recency bias!
Last week, we asked, which of the package films is your favorite and why? Um, so on our Instagram, uh, Polka Dot Paws by Abby said, I think my favorite was Saludos Amigos. I thought it was cool how they talked about what they saw in each country and how it inspired the animation, almost more like a documentary. I will say that's easily my second favorite. Yeah, for me, uh, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad was easily far and away my favorite. To me, it was on par with other Disney movies, not package films. Agreed. Until I watched that one, Salutis Amigos was definitely my number one. So that one just bumped it down because I really enjoyed it. And it's one that I would really actually want to watch again. So that's it's kind of easy to judge that how that's my favorite. Yeah, and uh, we will post our individual rankings of the package films now that we're through all of them we'll put that up on our instagram uh later this week yeah but my top three are definitely the adventures of ichabod and mr toad salitas amigos and then melody time that's probably mine i'm not sure about number three um i need to look back at all the list of the different movies and some of my notes to remember what i thought of each one at the time you know that makes sense so for our question this week is, what's your favorite Halloween movie? Uh, we said during our review of Ichabod and Mr. Toad that we'd love to watch it again around Halloween time. So what is your favorite Halloween movie? Yeah, and that can be a Disney movie or not. Um, have fun with it. Like, if, if Nightmare Before Christmas is your favorite, fantastic. If uh, The Purge is your favorite, great. Let us know. <laughs> To let us know your favorite Halloween movie, get in touch with us on Twitter or Instagram at Disney Ages, or you can always send us an email, DisneyAgesPodcast at gmail.com. And all of that information for our social medias and our email is in the show notes. Uh, and also the music for our show is made by Kevin McLeod, and you can find links to the Creative Commons licensing and all of his music in the show notes as well. That's all we have for you this week. So tune in next week to hear us review Cinderella. We're finally done with the package films. Woo! Woo Until next time. See ya. <laughs>